Two racing only better as we look ahead to the weekend. Friday action at Chester and Saturday Linkfield, Ascot and Haydock all to bring you. We have one hurdle race. Otherwise, we are balls deep in the flat, flat, flat. In the company of Chester's king, king of Chester, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello, Kev. Hello. Excellent, Hugo. Excellent. Uh, heading into day three. Looking forward to it. Um, yeah, it's been a good week. Yeah, it has. Like it yesterday. Now, a particularly good week for Aidan O'Brien. We'll find out if, it's, uh, if he's going to continue that run, but certainly his horses are absolutely flying at the moment, as is Ryan Moore. Dan Barber is with us. How are you, Dan? Yeah, good, thanks, pal. At market <laughs> raising, early start for me. Um, okay. But yeah, proper proper full-on, isn't it now? 40 races to cover. We've even got, as you say, we've even got the Swinton Hurdle in there, so that's something for me, if nothing else. Yes, well, listen, Dan, no pressure, but your only voice is sounding in the Swinton Hurdle. Not that Kev isn't great on the old uh, National Hunt, but if I beat him in the table, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? He's not worth a damn. <laughs> he's, in, he's in his comfort zone now. He's back in the flat game. So, Kev, you can give it to us. Right, uh, let's kick off, gents, on Friday uh, this afternoon. We're recording Friday morning. Chester, no Tony Calvin this week. We wish you all the best, TC, um, with your many um, hospital appointments and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Chester, the 130, the ICM Stellar Sports Earl Grosvenor handicap. Uh, Boardman is your four to one favourite for Team Easterby. You've got Busala uh, with Ryan Moore, who's on fire, as I mentioned, at nine to two. Revich at uh, Revic at five to one. Fools Rush in, which could be named after me at seven to one, and it's eight to one bar, Kevin Blake. Are you going with Ryan Moore here, given the form he's in, or and a bit of money as well for Busala, or are you going with something else? Yeah, tricky race. I hope to go with Gallup Hugh because I like Boardman. Um, okay. He's won around here before, and I went with him at Haydock last time, and he he did well to kind of overcome. Um, you know, he, he, it took him a long time to get open country, and, and he did well to pick up and win. Um, handicappers only given him two pounds. So look, if the race goes for him, I think he'll be bang there again. It's good that he's operated around here before, but he's just one of those. He needs pace. He needs luck. I'm hoping he gets it, and if he does, he'll hopefully go and win. Mark 92, seven furlong handicap, of course, but I didn't mention that uh, as well, Dan. So, boardman for Kev, going with the old Fav, which I always like to see. What about yourself? Yes, oh my. So, my hey! remember, last, oh. remember last season, he, he came up a few times on ROB, didn't he? We, we chatted about him because he was really progressive then and things were things were flying. He was ex-French and I don't know what happened, but obviously he went off the ball towards the end of the season. But that, that happens with a few Easterby horses. They come back, they're down in the weights. It's a token rise. He was still, he's still well in on the pick of last season's form. And a key thing for me as well is the fact he's been been around here and he ran out a decisive winner last season. So, yeah, I thought now he's back in the groove, he's the most interesting horse in the race. I'm not sure the market probably tells you that fully either. I know he's favourite, but he's not that mm. short, is he? No, he's not four to one. So he's an each way back of a price. Um, so good stuff. That's two strong folks. For Boardman in the opener. And uh, the 205 then is the Deep Bridge handicap. It's over a mile and a quarter, a mile and two furlongs. Um, Mujtaba for William Haggis is your 13 to 8. So short favourite. And it has been well backed all week. 9 to 4, 2 to 158. 13 to 8 now, best price that I can see. And um, Barishnikov is in there at 16 to 5. You've got Lord Protector at 7 to 2. Cape Francais at 13 to 2. Skycutter 17 to 2. And it's um, have what you like, really, with the last two. We have two non-runners in Brentford Hope, which is fine. Dan, 13 to 8, support for this Mushtaba for William Haggis. Um, impressive record as well, if you look through the form figures. Are you with or against? Yeah, it's interesting, this, because obviously he's got a 3 to 1 favourite for a Lincoln. He's been a rare Haggis blowout in one of these big handicaps, mm. worm well backed. In fact, Irish Admiral, who I put up beat to me, finished in the frame. Um but now you're being asked to take an even shorter price on the back of the worst run of his career. So I would have to steer away from me, even though there's a chance it just comes together and he batters them. But I'm going for the one horse that hasn't been in action, and that's 
that makes it a smaller stakes race, maybe. But I, I'd be with Lord Protector, a, a lightly raced horse. Oh. Generally, he's had only half half a dozen starts in his career. It looks on the face of it like maybe his form plateaued a bit um, towards the back end. His last three starts weren't mm. as good because he started with three successive wins, but maybe heavy ground was against him on his final start. He comes back fresh. The stables seem pretty forward to me. Not loads of winners, but plenty of horses going close first time out. I just think he's got a bit, bit of potential. He's he's had only six starts in his career as a four-year-old, and he, he's, he obviously goes well fresh. He won on his debut, and he won first time out as a three-year-old. He did. So I can see our line of fire logic there. Or maybe he's just not a, a second half season horse then, three, six, four after three wins in a row, Kev. So that's the line for Lord Protector here. What about you? Are you prepared to forgive Munch to Bath for that run, the Lincoln last one? Oh, no. Me and the Dan are joined at the hip again. Oh, Lord again. Um, Jesus. Again. Um, yeah, Christ. Come on, Kev. Fools, fools, fools. Never mind. Fools, Rob. See, you get fools Calvin out of the way and they get a nice agreement. <laughs> Calvin ruining our license <laughs> of flow here. <laughs> yeah, I, I won't. Um, I, I won't um, repeat what Dan said, but I suppose he point back to when this fellow was good. You know, he was beating a horse called uh, Waran, um, who ended up, you know, winning. Uh, this fellow whacked him twice, uh, and Waran went on and you know won a couple, and he'd have stolen hand when this fellow was beating him. You know, um, so if he can get back to that, and there was you know legitimate excuses and mitigation for his three runs since. Um, so um, you know, around here, I think he'll be fine. Um, ground will be drying here all the time. I think we're due a little bit of rain later on, but I'd say yesterday was a very drying day and it's been fine um, through the night and this morning. So I'd say we'll, we won't be far away from good ground and that'll be just fine for Lord Protector. Okay, that's two for board, man. Two for Lord Protector. Jesus, lads, we're flying. We're off to a oh, flight. Right, the 240. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, the ITM Huxley Stakes <laughs> here. It's a mile and a quarter. It's a group two contest. So it's the strongest race to kick off. Friday's action at Chester. You've got Magellan or Megalan at uh, five to six here for John Teddy Gosling. Magellan. Magellan. <laughs> it's, it's an explorer, right? <laughs> I, I could be wrong. Um, That's the way I, I think, pronounce it. I think it was an explorer, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, Magellan wasn't a sport. I'm not sure that's how you spell Magellan. I don't think, he's, I don't think Magellan spells his name like that. So uh, they both spell and pronounce their name differently, lads. Magellan the Explorer. Welcome to the Mega culture Land. show. Megalan the horse. Oh, not to be confused. Uh, anyway, six to five. Yeah, it couldn't be, as bad, couldn't be as bad as that time Dan Barber thought John Locke was named after a character and lost. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So um anyway, Jonathan oh, Gosling's five to six favourite is uh, is leading the market. Solid stone five to two um, for Michael Stout with Ryan Moore book to ride. Majestic Dawn nine to two, certain lad fourteen to one, and as he's an on runner here. And um, again, support for this Megalan, Megalan. Magellan, we're not going Magellan. What do you think, Kev? <laughs> are, are you with or against? Are you with or against? Um, actually, a tricky race, isn't it? Like they're, they're tightly enough knit. But you know, Majestic Dawn's overpriced, isn't he? Um, like his form is. This is ridiculous him. now. This is ridiculous. Oh, here we go. Come on, Patrick. Patrick. <laughs> his form isn't isn't far behind the big two at all, really, is it? Like hmm. he, he ran an absolute stormer to finish second to that Bay Bridge. And I think that that Bay Bridge could be like a proper one. Like I think he could be a group one horse this year um, when he gets back. And um, like he made him work hard and like they were miles clear to third. And even, you know, bolting up in a handicap at Salisbury off 104. You know, those, those were two big efforts. And um, like he, he's gone well fresh before. Um, I am hoping he'll kind of get the lead to himself. Um, conditions aren't going to be an issue. Um, like, look, 
track is a bit of an unknown, but you look, yeah. I don't see any reason to suggest he won't be fine around there. And uh, yeah, he might get his way in front. Your front runners are on Chester. It's been holding up well in the main this week. So yeah, majestic dawn. Can I just shock you? I like wine, despite what I just said there. <laughs> these two lads, these two lads are just agreeing. I've got a cellar. Are you? Are you on a whole cellar? There's no wine in it, just a bag of cement and all boys. Do you? Are you with Majestic Dawn as well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gone hard. I am. Yeah. And he's exactly as Kev stated. If he's small field, probably going to be tactical, but he is an out-and-out front runner. And yeah. you just might get one of those where the two big guns are looking at each other, tracking tracking one another. And whilst that's happening, Majestic Dawn might have got away from them. So that's what I'm pinning my hopes on as well. And, and if nothing else, I, I guess he's probably a cheap back to lay there if that's if you're so inclined. Yeah. yeah. So you think the price of yeah. contract, obviously, is 9 to 2. And, and we get it, but it's 8 to 1 into 9 to 2. So, um, okay, if you think you're still contracting. Yeah. Now, if we yeah. pick the same horse in the Chester Cup, we know there is something wrong. Okay, right, guys. <laughs> sure, you can't, sure you can't be in agreement here. We do have um, the 3.15. It is the Tote Chester Cup. Two miles, two furlongs, handicap, good old flat ride out there into the distance. Um, Soland Getaway is your four to one favorite for Hugo Palmer. You've got Coltrane in there, five to one. Falcon 8 for Dermot Wells sending over with Frankie to Tory booked to ride, which is interesting, at 11 to two. Cleveland for Aidan O'Brien and Ryan Moore, 13 to two. Arcadian Sunrise, seven to one. And it's how much you like about the rest. Okay, Dan, kick us off here. Surely you can't be both in agreement in this. It is. <laughs> Uh, the Chester Cup here. Plenty make appeal. Who do you like? Well, I'm really strong on this race. Strong in saying that I haven't got a bloody clue. I think it's right. I think it's impossible. I mean, okay. uh, Metier was really interesting. He's been taken out at the 11th hour. He was coming back on the flat from attempting Mark. I think Falcon 8, when he did win it, he was unbelievably impressive. He won half the track. He looked a proper group horse. And I think you can forgive the blowout next time because it was on, on bottomless ground at um, oh, sorry, it wasn't. The ground was against him, wasn't it? Ascot on his, his only other start. So judging basically on what he did in beating the Grand Vizier, he reopposes from last, last year. And I mean, mm. I think he's probably still well handicapped. He looked like he was destined for a better thing. Say soft ground got the better of him at Ascot. Maybe he had a physical problem as well because we haven't seen him since. But I'm interested in Kev's take because I'm, I'm windy to use one of Kev's phrase on this to say the least. But okay. he was my first port of call. Well, he was 104 when he won it this time last year. He's now 109. So it's not a huge five, you know, five pounds in the difference, Kev. So it's not a huge difference there. What do you think? Oh, he won it a minute as well. Yeah, yeah I can see the case. Like, it kind of, and like he kind of missed the kick and he came from a long way back and he kind of was wide as a house turned into the straight. Like, and he still won well. It was a fair performance. And I think this year's renewal, like, isn't over strong for a Chester Cup. Um, there's no such thing as an easy one, but I don't think it's over strong. Like, in terms of the ratings and that, um, it might be a below standard renewal. So, look, I won't put anyone off him, but I'm just a little bit worried about how much pace there's going to be in this. And I think I want one, ideally, that's going to be in the first third of the field. And the one I landed on was not Falcon 8. It okay. was Morph Speed, um, another mm-hmm. Irish raider, Richard O'Brien. Um, I think this is an interesting horse. He, like, he, geez, he really took off last season and found a huge amount of progression after joining Richard. And it was his last performance that makes him particularly interesting. It was the... The Kingdom Gold Cup, you know, it's always a good, good stay in handicap down in Killarney there, which uh, Killarney has some, has some of the has one of the sharpest bends in Irish racing. So he didn't have any issues with that. So he should zip around Chester. But he, he beat a horse called Camora, who um, who was very well in himself and has brought his form forward since then, you know, by 10 pounds or so. Um, and more speed, like, was well on top of him at the line. 
um, and they were well cleared a third. You know, he's six pounds higher than that. And I just think his two runs this season have just been bringing him on. You know, the, the run over a mile five was nice. And then a, a drop back to a mile, you know, he, he ran kind of as you'd expect back over a mile and just struggled a bit for pace. And it just wouldn't be a surprise if, if the lads kind of had this race in mind for him mm. um, for a little while. Um, look, you'd rather him be drawn in a little bit more. He's in 11, um, but he, he can't hit the gates well usually. And Sean Davis gets the ride, which is great. I, I always have been a big fan of Sean, and it's, it's a great opportunity for him to get. Um, and so hopefully he can kind of buck him forward into the, the first third of the field. And uh, he's 20 to 1 or so now, and I thought that was too big a price. Yeah, I'm 18 to 1 here looking down. So yeah, 18, 20 to 1 in some places. More speed, number 11. Um, so that's a, a decent shout for Kevin and a nice price if it comes in. Jesus, we're going to have a great Saturday. Right. Um, last one on the Friday is the Boodle Secret Garden Handicap 345 um, that we're going to talk about before moving to Saturday. And again, it's over five furlongs. The condition stakes here. So sprinters all lining up fast as horses only need apply. Flaming Rim is your five to four favorite here. From seven to four into five to four, a lot of support for Hugo Palmer's horse. Kings Lynn for Andrew Bowling, 13 to eight. So not a lot between the front two in the market. Then you have Aklam Express, 13 to two. Night on Earth, 14 to one. Blue de Vega, 16s, and so on, Kev. It's between the front two in the market, according to the betting, anyway. Yeah, and no, I thought this was a, 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 a tricky race now, to say the least. Um, there's little concern. Yeah, there's little concerns about most of them. And I ended up just at the prices with, with Aklam Express. Okay. You know, because his, his form is banged there with the best of them on his day. He he was a little bit disappointing out in Dubai last time. And, I, you know, I have it, have it in the back of my mind that he came back from Dubai last year and, you know, ran horrifically on his first run back. But mm. I'm hoping that was just one of those things. Um, I think he's one of the faster ones in here. Um, draw, not perfect. He's widest of all in six. Um, you'd rather him at least have something on his outside, but I'm hoping he can get forward, track the leaders, and maybe stamp a bit of class on this um, over the trip because there's a few of these I think would, would probably prefer to be going six. Okay, fast of the fastest of the fast horses is a strong case, Dan. What do you think of the fast horses? Which one is fastest I, for you? I, I thought Kev nailed it. I mean, it's a bit of a love in this, isn't it? But when you think of <laughs> when you when you go through what each of the runners, you find a negative almost before you find a positive. Kev's mentioned it with Akram Express. Flaming Ribs, a quick horse who did well in those York sale races and stuff, but he's he's a three-year-old taking on elders at this time of year. I'm not, not a massive fan of that. Blue de Vega needs a pace collapse. Two Appleby horses are quick, King of Stars and Night on Earth. They, they might just tee it up. Just too nasty for me. And I, I think I am basically with, with Kev that if Akram Express at these weights, I think he's the best horse in the race. And it's just, a, you, you're essentially backing him to be like quite a cold spell for the stable and to bounce back to form. Excellent. Brilliant. Okay, that's, that's Chester done on Friday. Let's move on to Saturday. Linkfield then. The 205 is to download at the races app. Handicap stakes. Um, it's over seven furlongs here. So 205 in the card. Marley Park for Jim Boyle. Your nine to five favourite. Vero Eagle at five to two for Ed Dunlop. You have Ajrad at 15 to four. Dutch decoy at 13 to 2. X Gracia 10 to 1. Let's have you like a bit starry eyes. Um, right, Stan, kick us off at Linkfield, please. A 205, seven furlong handicap. Who do you like? Well, I think I remember a week ago there was quite a haze about that podcast for obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't that alone that made me think that Ed Dunlop Halls that was entered on the Friday might be able to win on the Sunday, Red Verdant. Because mm-hmm. um, of the stable form, I've been so much better. And I wonder if Barrow Eagle was the right way to go in this. Just got touched off at Brighton last time. Maybe 
he was made to look slightly better than he really is by the fact that they went hard in front. But I think he might, I think there's a chance she might get a similar setup here. And if that is the case, she just looked in really good nick to me. She came home very strongly under a claimer. Buick's taking over now. There's a non-runner here. Al Geed is out. He might, he, she might be one of those that forced the pace. I was ridden prominently. So there's a potential for a bit of a tactical race, but Buick replacing the claimer on a horse from a, a red hot stable was, was a pretty straight bat approach for me in this race. Okay. So Vero Eagle uh, with William Buick in the hot seat for Dan. Kev, what about you? Um, I was going to put up Al Guy, load speed in the race, non runner now. Move on. Okay. That's <laughs> it. Non runner, no bet. Move on. 240 on the card at Linkfield is the Linkfield Derby trial. So interesting one here. Um, look, we would have seen, obviously, Luxembourg got a bit of attention after his third place in the Guinea, uh, Guineas, but this will be interesting. 2.40, it's a mile and three. Walk of Stars for Charlie Appleby, odds-on favourite. Uh, Natural World, also for Charlie Appleby, 9-2. to two. United Nations, Aidan O'Brien is the United Nations in this at 9-2. You've got Zachariah at 13-2 to two, and Lionel, or Lionel, depending on how you pronounce him, at 10-1. to one. Right, Kevin, uh, Lionel... Messi or uh, Lionel Richie. Yeah, whatever you like. What, Kev, Walker Stars here, most likely winner? Uh, not a dissimilar kind of shape to this as there was in the, um, oh, which one was it? The the, the Vaz during the week, wasn't it? With um, yeah. Godolphin with the, with the short price kind of high parts oh, there yeah. um, against the Ballydoyle one that maybe looked a small bit more exposed. Mm. And um, the, the, the Godolphin horse um, fluffed his lines, New London. Um, fluffed his lines and, and Bally Doyle came out on top and I'm kind of looking for the same thing here United Nations because I tell you I, I did really like him when he made a winning debut with Nace um, Bally Doyle weren't having too many two-year-old Colts making winning debuts at the time they'd hardly any uh, and he made a, a good winning debut beating a couple of nice horses a um, little bit disappointing uh, in the, in, against uh, Corribus in the in the oh Lord the autumn stakes um, I, I kind of have fancied him that day. I was disappointed with him, but maybe it was just too much at that stage. And I tell you what, there's been a fair old trend there, and it's really unfolded this week that you look at the Bally Doyle three year olds, the classic prospects, uh, with the obvious exception of the Guineas, but the, the where it would have been trained a bit harder for that. But the, the, the horses that are running in the trials, like I think one of them has won first time up and concert hall, and the rest of them have been beaten. Uh, and they've come on significantly. Like we saw it with, with Star of India um, and with the, the Philly that won the Thoughts of June. You know, yeah. they seem to be stepping up significantly from first start to second. And this fella didn't run bad at all at Epsom uh, on his comeback. He was only beaten two lengths by Nahani. Um, he shaped as though, you know, this longer trip will suit him really well. Um, so look, while uh, Walk of Stars is the sexy one and, you know, has, has one that's next to his name and looks like he could be potentially very nice. Um, United Nations looked a nice horse and he might just be a bit in better shape now to, to show us how nice he is. So at the prices, I'd be happy enough to side with him. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. And uh, that's music to my ears. United Nations um, for Aidan O'Brien, Dan, how do you see this? Uh, well, you went through the Lionels. Uh, I was actually thinking of Lionel Blair. You may Lionel or may not Blair. There's a genius YouTube clip, not quite in the Sniper's Nightmare category, but there's a clip. There's a clip of I don't know where they are, but Bobby Davro, some for some reason, is in the stocks. Jim Bowen's there. Lionel Blair's there, and the stocks <laughs> give way, and and Davro face plants. So I recommend anybody go and have a watch of that. It's really funny. Um, and I'm I'm sticking with Blair. I'm sticking with Blair. Okay. Um, I don't think he should be the rag of the field. I absolutely love his pedigree. Um, that family of Duncan and Samuel are really 
late maturing staying types. The fact they're running him at listed level when he's still a maiden, I thought that was quite interesting, going for a race like this. Mm. An extra emphasis on stamina that this should provide, I think it's a good thing. And I know he's got a bit of ground to make up with Natural World from that maiden, but that felt a really good race. And Natural World got an absolutely brilliant ride from Doyle. He nicked it, beat his shorter price <laughs> stable mate, and Lionel did his best work at the finish. Um, we know he'll be, he'll be ridden, Jamie's on him, so he'll be played late, but... I thought there might be some pieces to pick up if uh, Bally Doyle and Godolphin think it's just about them. Okay, Lionel Blair, Lionel Richie, all night long, baby, for Dan Barber. 10 to 1 <laughs> time recording. So, um, very best luck. That'd be a nice one if it manages to hit, all right? Okay, the 315 is the Linkfield Oaks trial. So, Philly's stepping up to apply here. Um, and it's over a mile and three once again. Emily Dickinson for Aiden O'Brien, 13 to 8. Pretty strong in the market all this week. Pretty um, settled in the market as well as your favourite. Belt buckle for John Teddy Gosden, 4-1. to one. Rogue Millennium at 6-1. to one. Mystic Wells, 7s. And it's have what you like about the rest, Dan Barber. Emily Dickinson does look like she'll take a, a world of beating here um, after one at Leopardstown last time out. But um, what do you think? Well, obviously, there's going to be potential around, but maybe Kev can... And say, is this the worst renewal of this we've ever seen? I mean, the, the top rated with time form, when I... Who is £10 clear? It tells you what, how little some of these have achieved relatively. He's missed it well, so he won a handicap of 84, and she's £10 clear. I mean, it's obviously a, it, it won't, that won't be a, a level of form good enough to win in all likelihood. Something will progress past her, and your first port of call is obviously Emily Dickinson, but the prize reflects the fact that she's a likely improver. I'll, I'll be setting this one out. Kev? I'm sure. Look, it's it's all about promise rather than substance at this stage, isn't it? But in fairness to Emily Dickinson, like she did really well to win last time. Like she's clearly still raw and a and a work in progress. But Jesus, she, she must have been a big price there, kind of two out at Nace last time. She mm. she had a lot of work to do. Twenty ones in running apparently. Was yeah, she? I believe wow. that now. She was worth all of it now because she was in, she looked in big trouble with a lot to do, and and she picked up really well. To, to go and beat, you know, the two quite nice horses that had, you know, been sitting sitting up in the van the whole way, you know, so she's a work in progress. The longer trip will definitely suit her. Um, like if they if they ran in a handicap, like they'd probably get a mark in kind of the, the mid to late 80s for her, you know, that's where she is right now, but mm. there's definitely more to come. Um, like loads of stamina, like she's by Dubawi out of Chiquita, that famous daughter of uh, Monju that was an absolute quirk bag and uh, famously, uh, was it a Shantee? She she dived into a hedge. She was bolting up in a, in a trial for the French Oaks, and she literally dived. She, she dived into a hedge. It was incredible. Um, she's an absolute nutter. She ended up with Aidan O'Brien, a very talented filly. Um, has, has been okay as a broodmare so far, but maybe hasn't set the world alight. But maybe, just maybe, this will be the one that, uh, that lifts her up a little bit that way. Yeah, lovely. Emily Dickinson then um, for Kev. Yeah, okay, great. And as I say, if she settles down a bit more from the last day, um, hopefully this extra stamina and all that, 13 to 8. Um, the 350 on the cards then, the last one at the Linkfield on Saturday before we move to Ascot is the Linkfield Chartwell Philly Stakes. And it's over seven furlongs here. Group three contest. She do 11 to 4 for Roger Very. And you've got Choco Yeah, <laughs> or Choco Yeah at 3 to 1. Symphony Perfect 11 to 2. Ren's Breath for Henry de Bronhead. With Kieran Fallon in the saddle at six to one, Thunder Beauty for David O'Mara at sevens alongside Pearl Glory. Um, right, Dan, uh, difficult one to make sense of this one for me. And um, have you fared any better? Who do you like? 
Well, it, I think it comes down to two old rivals to a large extent, doesn't it? Shidu and Chikoya ran against each other at Newmarket at the back end in October. Um, Shidu won that race. It was an improved performance from her. She'd look, not looked to star previously. She was beaten in four handicaps. Um, but she was clearly much better that day. And it's it's form as well that has been boosted. Gale Force May has come out this year already and won a, a Newmarket sprint handicap. That's boosted it. The trip's absolutely fine for her. And again, it's just a form book choice. She's finished ahead of Chikoya on their only meeting and her record fresh so far is touched off in a maiden on debut. Uh, second also in uh, a handicap starting out last season. So I'm hopeful as well that that she'll be ready to go. It's a stable that tends to have them fired up anyway. Okay. All right. What about yourself, Kev? Yeah, look, I, I might uh, not a strong view, but I, I do like Ren's breath. Um, like she looked, oh. uh, she looked a particularly promising filly there. You know, ran really well first time out, and they they lobbed her into a listed race at Nace, and she overcame all her inexperience to go and win. That was over six furlongs, and they brought her over for the Scepter Stakes at Doncaster, and it was probably just a little bit too much for her. Um, bigger field in against Harden fillies and mares, and, and just came up short that day. But um, she's got another winter underneath her, um, and hopefully she'll be a little bit sharper this season because I, I'd say there's plenty of ability in there. And the fact that Henry is traveling her for her return suggests that she'll be ready to rock and roll. So, mm. um, yeah, I thought Ren's breath was very interesting. Okay, great, and a nice old price as well. Right, lads, that's Linkfield done. Well done. And we move on to Ascot, then the 145, and the first we're going to talk about. At Ascot is the tote, exclusively tote.co.uk handicap. It's over a mile and a half. And um, Flying Solo is in here at six to one favourite, but uh, alongside actually Screaming Petrus here. So it's um, joint favourites at the moment. Uh, Juan de Montalban at 15 to two for Kevin Philippard de Foy. You've got Just Hubert at eight to one, Mascat eight to one, and how much you like about the rest. Right, Kev, kick us off here, please, at Ascot here. I. It's a difficult mile and a half handicap to solve this one. Plenty with chances, wide open. Who do you like? Yeah, very difficult. Look, mile and a half at Ascot, I like higher draws. Um, mm. the, the stats kind of, you know, very much show up clearly that you want to be in the top half of the field, ideally. Um, and the one I went with was Screaming Petrus, uh, David Lachnan. Um, look, much less exposed than most of these. Was kind of a work in progress last season, but eventually won at, at Wolverhampton. Um, look, turf debut, it's a tough ask, but gets in right at the bottom of the weights, one pound out of the handicap. Um, but look, is is very well bred, has certainly plenty of potential to improve. And I with Haley Turner getting um, you know, down off bottom weight. I'm hoping from stall eleven that uh, the inexperience won't hold him back and uh, he'll prove to be well handicapped. Screaming Petrus for Kev then. Um winner at Wolverhampton back in December of last year. What about yourself, Dan? Who do you like in this one? Wide open, wide open race. I've, I hate the I hate handicaps in this round. Because Kev says that the draw's completely to cock goes against sort of normal logic. You don't want to get too far back. And that ties in with the whole Sage Duke of Verona, a time from Horse in Focus, who's drawn one and will be dropped out. It's basically the nightmare scenario given the data at Ascot. Very, very weak view. I want to have a crack, though. Plenty of runners, four places to go at, at least. HMS president, I thought, had very solid claims. I mean, he's not been a frequent winner in recent times, but he's got lots of solid form, including at Ascot. He was second last year. He was fourth in a Golden Gates as a three-year-old. Um, he, too, will be played late. He's in seven, so I'm guessing should probably sit midfield to, to rear. And you can definitely put a line through the reappearance when he got nearly got knocked over 
as the race was taking shape. So he's, at least he's had a run behind him and he's back at a track where he's got form. Okay, lovely. I, I assume the listeners, uh, sorry, Hugh, I assume I'm the only one that can enjoy this because my, my internet connection isn't great here. <laughs> when Dan's talking, <laughs> his speech alternates between slow and right down to drunk Dan. No, me too. Me then, too. Then, then, it's, then it speeds up to catch up with it sounds kind of like helium Dan. So it's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> it's for me too. I don't need it's much to sound squeaky. <laughs> It yeah, sounds right, like he's had two bottles of I hope the listeners are getting this. It's brilliant. The pressure and Wi Fi. Yeah, it's for me as well. Uh, it's lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. Right, the 220 lads. Um, and ask if the children pays more at Bookhound Stakes here. It's a mile and a half once again, Mr. Contest. And as he seems the glass act of the field at seven to four, you've got Stowell or Stowell at 11 to four, and uh, Third Realm seven to two, and it's nine to one bar. Um, Dan, so kick us off here. Al Alzi, I think, uh, you know, a bit of a yeah. headbanger, but but I know, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be the easiest to, to, to kind of back if you were if you were kind of following, but I think probably the best horse here, um, if he can prove it. What do you think? Well, I need to work on each way shape because this is a very interesting race. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, no, actually, um. <laughs> You've summed it up perfectly. It's Alazi. He's the best horse in the race, but it's totally at his behest whether he goes yeah. through with the effort if there's a potentially tight finish. I'd, I'd much there are other races I'd much rather play than that. Okay, all right. Well, Kev, are you willing to give Alazi a chance? Ed Banger's ball. Ah, you, you, God, you need to be brave now. If Willem Haggis oh. listens, I, I don't know if he does, but I, I'd actually, I, if he was mine, I'd try him in a mile and see what happens. Um, because Jay's he, he, he's he's tricky now, and Gelding mm. didn't seem to have the desired result, and he just travels so well. I train him at a mile and see what happens. So uh, I don't certainly don't want to be with him at that sort of price over a mile and a half. The very best to look to him, and I'll watch him because you know, these old quirky horses, you kind of <laughs> there's like a, a morbid attraction to watching them to see if they go through with it. Yeah, <laughs> so we will see how he gets on. But the third realm, I think, is very solid against them. You know, he's he, he ran quite well in the Derby last year. He he hasn't blotted his copy book too much. You know, you you be hoping he'd be ready to go fresh. Um, and this course distance should suit him well. So um, third realm, I thought, was pretty solid. Excellent. Okay, we'll skip on to the three thirty. The Tote British EBF handicap stakes, gentlemen. It's a mile handicap, as I mentioned. Strawberry for Roger Varian, seven to two market leader. Delta Bay. For Huey Morrison, nine to two. You got Stunning Beauty for Sai Bin Soror at five to one. Spirit of the Bay, eleven to two for Clive Cox, and seven to one bar Kevin Blake. Again, it's uh, it's open enough this one. Mile handicap. Who do you like? Yeah, I could not make head nor tail of this one, so I'll pass okay. on to Dan if you don't mind. There you go, throwing a hot potato, Dan. Take it and run. Yeah, and too hot. I'm saving myself the Victoria Cup. Okay, okay yeah, right, boy, yeah. move on. Pass it is. Uh, I have no opinion whatsoever, so I'm not going to give you any kind of a thought. We move on then to the 405, the Tote Victoria Cup, all saving ourselves for this one. Um, five past four on the card. Uh, it's um, a handicap, obviously, as we mentioned. And Fresh is your seven to one market leader. 11s into seven. I don't know, um, was TC putting up this up in his column? But it's um, been well backed um, uh, from 11 to one into seven to one fresh. You've got Dark Shift for Charles Hills at eight to one. Magical Morning, 10 to one. Path of Thunder, 11s. Accidental Agent, 12 to one. One Ruler, 12 to one. And yeah, so on all the way down the line. Christ, you can have what you like about any of these, really. Uh, and some of um, the old stars of the past and present in here. Right, Kev, kick us off. Who do you like, please, in our um, in our Tote Victoria Cup? 
Yeah, I like I like fresh, which you know should have been the name of our podcast this time last week, but uh, they didn't go for it again. I look, should have the case the case is there. Like he seems to really enjoy Ascot. You know, he, he ran a storm in the Wokingham last year. Was just touched off. Um, he'd been looking like seven furlongs might suit him, and they eventually put him up to it in um in, in the big handicap there in October and. Like he, he ran a belter. You look at the form book and he's beaten 10 lengths and thirds statues and he mustn't have stayed or what have you, but he was just on the wrong side and, and he's whacked all the ones on his side. Um, so that, that's much better than the bare form suggests and his form just, I think, tail off a shade after that as one of my ear pods falls out. Um, I thought it was a lovely comeback run. Now, it, I, it was one of those. He looked like he was being ridden with, with another day in mind and he, he nearly went in one and away. He was beating the short head. Um, and I suspect this has been the target. Um, and hopefully, look, he's drawn in the middle. I'm not sure where they're going to end up here, but um, at least they'll have options from, from the middle. And um, yeah. yeah, I thought Fresh might be tough to beat. Good. Well, the market hasn't missed him. 11s into 7s, as I mentioned here, but 71 is still a, a generous price if he goes and does what Kevin hopes he will do. What about you, Dan? Who have you come down on here? Yeah, I'm not sure where they will end up, but the, the pace does all seem high. Stall 20, stall 18, mm-hmm. 24, 25, 27 are the likely prominent race on the Southford pace map. So um, I, I do like this horse a lot. And he's a bit of a frustrating customer, doesn't win a lot, but they're going to have to, he's going to have to fall over somehow. Uh, Chief of Chiefs to not finish placed, isn't he? He's in the right part of the track. He's got loads of Ascot form, loads of straight track form. He's had a, a lovely sighter in the same race as Fresh, doing the, his best work at the finish. And I do think he's, they sort of tried to turn him into a sprinter and I, I got lulled in backing him each way for Stewart's Cup and stuff last year. But I do think seven is probably his trip and he's not been over it for a while. Mm-hmm. It, absolutely no excuses for him. He couldn't have a better setup for the horse that he is and it'll be Haley playing him late. That's a style that suits her well. It suits Ascot well. I, I'm really sweet on him with extra places and stuff. We're probably offering 25 places here anyway. I would Excellent. Yeah. Hey. Okay. That's a Good strong tip. shout. Yeah, strong shout. All right, gents. Well done. Hey, Doc. Last one we're going to talk about is a Swinton handicap hurdle. Daniel Barber, two miles handicap hurdle. West Cork for the Skeletons, five to one. Can't be having, can't be having West Cork. Anna Benina in there at five to one. Yeah, interesting. She makes appeal. Uh, Lutra Lad, seven to one. Milkwood, ten to one. Sebastopol, ten to one. And how would you like about the rest here? Anna Benina for me, I think uh, maybe each way the price is down. But um, how do you see this handicap hurdle? Yeah, good, good race. This I know you're a bit dismissive, but I mean West Cork has compiled a couple of really solid handicap runs. I thought he would thought he was going to be Anna Benina for a long way. Uh, maybe he committed a bit too soon. Maybe the mayor did well to get out of a bit of a pocket. Mm. But the one who I thought was overpriced on first glance was Milkwood, who ran in the same race. It was his first run since last season when he had a chasing debut that didn't go too well for him at, at Utoxeter. Clearly, at this time of year, he's very effective when conditions are drying as they are. He was Right, bang there, and a lucky second in a goalway hurdle. He just got the perfect strong travelling style for this sort of race, and hopefully that run will have blown the cobwebs away. Now, he could have run badly there. He'd had a mysterious absence since the autumn time, but he didn't run badly. He just looked a bit lacking in, in sharpness. And so with that run behind him, he was the one horse who I thought backing him each way at 10s was was just about the value. He's twice the price of West Cork, for all I can yeah. see the case. Yeah, 10 to 1 Milkwood at the time of recording. Kev, what about you in the old Swinton handicap? Yeah, Long Beach, Compton, Milkwood. There you oh. go. There's something, you, yeah, there's something you told you would never have got. A Dr. Dre lyrics from Kevin Blake on the race, the only better <laughs> podcast. Isn't it Inglewood? Inglewood, you dope. 
Yeah, yeah. it's milk wood for the purposes. You know, for, for purposes we're dealing with here. Milk wood. Down in Greystones County, make the world a pot for milk wood. That's genius. Pick my, pick my Bentley. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, uh, listeners that pay attention might remember I tipped him up in the Scottish champion hurdle on, on his comeback there. Yeah. Uh, I thought he ran quite a promising race. Um, he just maybe lacked a bit of sharpness and he'll be ready to rumble for this one imagines with that run under him. Um, yeah. Look, strong traveller, the faster to go in front of him, the better. Um, he bolted up in the Scottish Champion Hurdle last year, ran an absolute stormer in the Galway Hurdle, might have won on another day. And uh, there's a bit of jockey ship going on there that uh, he came out the wrong side of. So I think even off a mark of 148, there's potentially some juice in that rating. And I'm hoping he'll go and show it here. Rolling Milk down wood. the street, smoking my pipe, putting on my slippers and shoes. Milk wood! Thanks for wrap. Thanks for wrap. Right, lads, snaps in the week. We all got off to a losing start, so we're minus 10 pounds at our opening weekend. But look, we'll forgive all that. We'll forgive all that. Kevin Blake, your nap of this weekend. Let's get our witnesses off to a cracking weekend, please. Who do you like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, all these minus tens on the naps table. Let, let's let's have a swing, Hugh. It's early in the season. Let's go. Morph speed, Chester Cup win only. Up Morph and speed, down Chester the lines. Cup. No, okay. 18, 18 to one. More speed, as we remember. Dan, who is your nap, please? I feel I should go Swinton, but I won't. I can't get Chief of Chiefs out of my mind. He's hitting me right between the eyes. Win and place, please, in the Victoria Cup. Come on, Haley. Good stuff. And I am going for United mentioned uh, United Nations at on Saturday. Uh, at uh, Lingfield to show the progression that the lads think that he will have. United Nations for me, I think around about 92, but that probably come in a little bit shorter. Gentlemen, enjoy the weekend, Kev. Best luck with Chester last day today. Dan, enjoy the weekend as always, my man. We will talk to you. Wait in on Monday. Talk to you then. Good luck.